0: Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Office of Communications. Welcome to the Voices of UMass Med.
1: Chances are you have seen it before, the third Friday in March each year. Just as the clock strikes noon on the East Coast, thousands of medical students all across the country open the envelope that will decide their future. It's match day when soon to be graduating medical students learn where they have matched to complete their residency physician training. It's really the start of their professional careers. We're joined today by four UMass Medical School students who are in the thick of match day madness. You all look pretty calm. How are you feeling?
2: Nervous? <laughs> Not calm.
1: Not. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty anxious
0: right now. Okay, well you're. I'm pretty calm. You're looking at, <laughs> and we'll explain why that is.
1: So let me introduce you uh, briefly. Max Cruz, Catherine Mallet, Tony Tran, and Sana Majid are with uh, all four with us today. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. you. So Max, why don't we start with you right off the bat. Why are you, uh, why don't you explain to folks who are listening why you're a little calmer perhaps than some of your classmates?
3: So I'm an Air Force HPSB student. So the Air Force has sponsored me um, throughout medical school and we match earlier than everyone else. So I know where I'm going. I've matched to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base um, back in December. So I've been relaxed for quite some time now and watching all my classmates uh, be anxious and Terrific, so
1: congratulations to you. That must be a huge relief. So um, Tony, let's start with you. Uh, What uh, specialty have you chosen and why?
4: I've chosen to go into neurology. Uh, Being the first medical professional in my family and initially had some difficulties in navigating what career path I wanted to choose. Entering medical school, I wanted to do primary care given that I wanted to work with uh, patients and have longitudinal relationships with them. It wasn't until my third year clerkship in neurology where I developed a passion for the field and the similarities that it drew to primary care. And having multiple relatives in my family suffering from neurodegenerative diseases, I saw the stark void in understanding that the, just the Vietnamese community has when dealing with such conditions. A lot of them see it as just a natural sequela of growing old. And I feel like with my upbringing being multicultural and the training that I received here at UMass, I'm better equipped to uh, tackle such conditions and deal with the community that suffers from
1: it. Terrific, so neurology for you, Sana, Majeed, what's uh, the specialty that you're hoping to match into?
2: Yeah, so I will be going into radiology. Um, And it was a little bit of a circuitous path for me to find radiology. I, for most of my medical school career, thought I would be going into internal medicine. Um, and really I just love the basic science. The first two years of medical school a lot of people say they have to get through it and for me that was really that was where I found my passion. I really loved learning about the disease processes and when I got to third year I found that I was missing some of the basic science um, that was what what drew me to medicine to begin with and I found that the day-to-day management of medicine wasn't as gratifying to me as I had hoped it would be Um, and I really stumbled upon a radiology elective by chance and I found that they, the the physicians in that field were really do, doing the basic science every single day and that was the crux of what their work was and got lucky and found, found, my, found my calling. Terrific,
5: and Catherine, same question to you. So I'm applying into orthopedic surgery and I'm lucky in that I've known all four years that I wanted to do orthopedics. It really started, I can even think back to high school. I was working with veteran amputees and teaching them how to row, and I think um, our mobility and ability to move throughout our world is inherently tied to how we interact with our world and our autonomy as humans, and so the ability to restore my patient's mobility is something that I find really powerful. and. I think that the work is really interesting and challenging and there's a lot of juxtaposition with new technology and I've been lucky to explore that here at UMass and I am just loving the idea of getting people back in the game.
1: So you mentioned uh, knowing about a desire to pursue medicine way back in high school. Was that the same for all of you? Did all of you know from early ages that you wanted to go into medicine? Definitely
2: not. I did not. I thought I would be a researcher for a long time. Mm
3: -hmm. I had an idea uh, growing up that I wanted to be a doctor but I don't think I had the confidence in myself until (laughs) I got I think my junior college I realized okay I'm qualified for this like I can hack it Um, so yeah I always wanted to just wasn't sure I'd have what it takes.
4: So
1: that was the turning point
3: for you
4: Max, Anthony? I feel like my mind has always been science and math oriented and it wasn't until my freshman or sophomore year in college where I really did pursue the pre-med track, um, but before that I had no intentions of going into medicine.
1: So for younger students listening right now, don't worry if you haven't figured yeah, it absolutely. all out yet. Definitely not. <laughs> Most people will never have the experience of going to medical school, so I wanna pull back the curtain on that a little bit from your perspectives. Um, maybe we start, if you can think back to your very first day when you're sitting in that like welcoming talk, like what was going through your head? And did that match the reality? Sana, you wanna start?
2: Sure. Um, I think the first thing that pops into my head was Chancellor Collins giving us a speech um, during one of our transition days. And he was talking to us about how we could be the physician for his mother or for him one day um, by the time we complete our training. Um, And I think that was really daunting to me, and I remember the first you know, month, two months even, feeling really scared and thinking like Max did, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hack it. I don't know if I can live up to all these expectations that are expected of medical professionals. Even after you'd already been accepted? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, abso- and I think sometimes still today I feel that, um, but certainly less so. I think at the beginning of medical school, it's so overwhelming. You hear these stories of how difficult it is, how challenging it is, how... Hard it is to just you know make it through and I think that all of that was certainly true but UMass has such a supportive and I think helpful environment that really I think that was all in my head and soon after getting into the thick of you know class and all of those things that went away pretty quickly and certainly I still have my own insecurities but I think that a lot of that has dissipated. Catherine.
5: So, it's funny, I actually still remember exactly what I wore. <laughs> I wore this orange shirt and a white skirt, but I think what I remember actually most about that day is Chancellor Collins' speech as well. And it's funny, I had a different takeaway, because he also talked a lot about the, the privilege of being able to use our hands to help others. And so, I sat in my chair and thought about how privileged I was to have this opportunity And applying into residency is challenging, definitely, but I think the hardest step in the process is actually getting into medical school in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so fortunate to be at a medical school, but specifically UMass Medical School at at that moment. Max.
3: I definitely share both of their sentiments. I think uh, my broader perspective is that uh, medical school has been much more fun And just such an excellent experience than I could have ever anticipated. I think I was kind of ready to be in the library 24-7, which I was a lot of the time, but this kind of like painful process, like you got to get there to be a doctor. And I'm not sure if it's like this everywhere, but I've loved every second of it. So that's one thing that I've taken from this whole journey is that I'm in the right place because I've loved every second of it, which... I wasn't sure I expected that. Not a lot of people can say that about their
1: careers. Tony?
4: I have a quite unique perspective on how I got into medical school. I was accepted to be part of the first cohort of the Baccalaureate MD program, which is a pipeline program that looks at all of the various UMass undergraduate campuses and chooses uh, people that will potentially diversify the student body of the medical school. So UMass Medical School was the only school I actually applied to. (laughs) And the first day of school, I actually had an internal struggle inside myself where I didn't know if I belonged here. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had the work ethic or the will. It seemed that I had to really prove it to myself, not to anyone else that I belonged here, that I can actually perform and succeed in this environment.
0: You're listening to Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people ideas, and advances of the University of Massachusetts Medical School.
1: What is it that surprised you all the most about, you said you were, Max, you had more fun than you expected.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I don't know, I just, I, we really have a community at UMass which promotes like becoming a a physician as a whole person. So, The first few years are pass-fail. Everyone tries to do their best on exams, but that allows you to kind of dedicate your um, focus, not just in the library, but to extracurricular things, whether that's something you're passionate about, being charity or research. um, I found that I just had more ability to do things that I loved, and and that was very freeing for me, I think even more so than I had in college. Um, and then we also just have such a supportive community amongst our faculty, our other classmates. It just was really a positive experience. We we're all in this together. Um, and I just, I really wasn't expecting it. It was great.
1: Well, it sounds like there's some flexibility and some ability for each student to be self-determined about their path. Is that something that um, resonates with the rest of you?
5: Absolutely. I, I'm, so Max's comment about being a person Um, When I actually entered med school, I was engaged, and my wedding was the first October of our first year, and so I didn't know many of my classmates at that point, but I was so surprised by how the community rose up to help me through those first few months, especially when I had been planning a wedding and not necessarily studying for a test, and the family that I developed in the community here was really surprising, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's unlike any other school community or work community I've been a part of.
2: Sana. Yeah I think one of the things that struck me most about my time at UMass is how is really and I think this is reflective of what Max and Catherine are already saying is the people here um, and not to say that I wasn't expecting there to be great people here um, but I was surprised by how quickly I found some of my closest friends um, and people that just connected with me in a different way um, Catherine and I have talked about this a lot at every sort of layer of you know education that you go through, you make different friends and you meet new people and I just feel that at this level I've made new people who understand me in a different way, who are passionate about the same things that I'm passionate about and are just really incredibly supportive and strong and lift each other up and um, that's something that is I unfortunately think is sometimes hard to come by Um, so I've been really lucky to have a really great group of friends.
4: Right and I think there is a common misconception that Most medical schools, well, I can only speak from my perspective that most medical schools are very cutthroat and competitive, especially Mm -hmm. in the preclinical, I mean, in the clinical years on the wards, but I found quite the opposite to be true, where the nurturing environment really starts from the top and goes down. All the attendings are very educationally minded, and they really have your best interests at heart, and even the medical students that you rotate with, everybody looks out for one another, nobody's trying to one-up one another or make each other look in front of the team or anything like that. So that really made the clinical years go by seamlessly, and it seemed a very just rewarding experience just to work with your peers in a non-threatening way.
1: So I'm not sure how widely it's known, but for the last five years or so, UMass Medical School's graduates have ranked the medical school in the top 1% in the entire nation among Mm -hmm. all medical schools for student satisfaction.
2: We love it here. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not surprised by that at all. You're not surprised. I no. mean, that
1: is really a stellar uh, to be in the top 1% among such prestigious uh, competition or company, I guess we could say. So it sounds like that collaboration and that self-determination is really what um, what is emphasized and appealing to students. You know, I want to ask you because this is a challenging time in medicine. And maybe you could always make that statement, but it seems right now that there are very real issues, you know, both for patients, you know, with a shortage of physicians and uh, patients struggling to get access to the care that they need. Um, We have the opioid epidemic that is certainly a stressor on all of society, physicians included. And physicians report really high levels of burnout. So with all of those very real uh, challenges, what, how do you dive into this career at this time?
3: guess I can start. So I'm going into emergency medicine. I think I forgot to say that at the beginning, which reportedly has some of the highest rates of burnout of any field, which I went into knowing this, but I think UMass prepares us well, and I think this new generation of physicians entering the field have burnout on the forefront of our minds. We, there's been a lot of studies to show it exists, and UMass has provided us with a lot of tools to kind of combat it, one of them being mindfulness from day one, we talk about mindfulness, uh, which is a, sort of a meditative practice, and we get opportunities um, to be exposed to mindfulness and learn how to do it. And that has been huge for me. I think, especially in my clinical years, and just combating burnout during our clinical years, which are very stressful, time-consuming, and we continue that throughout. But also, we do a lot of talking about social determinants of health and just really like a, a, many different issues in medicine I think just having a knowledge of them and being aware of them helps you combat burnout
5: I would say you're absolutely right Jen that, that being a physician is no longer about just studying and knowing the material and knowing your field it's about all of the um, soft skills so to speak that you learn around that and so part of that is how to manage your your own emotions and your own mental health and then also in incorporating we learn to incorporate um, our understanding of mental health into our practice. So even though I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon, I am luckily very well-versed in um, mental health and also the opioid epidemic, and I had great training here. So I'm looking at the big picture when I'm looking at my patient sitting in front of me, not necessarily their Mm x-ray. And I think that well-rounded approach to each patient is something UMass teaches us very well.
2: Yeah, and sort of to jump off what Catherine is saying, it's, of course, very important to have a well-rounded approach when you look at your patient, um, but to also recognize that you yourself need to take care of your, your own mental health and your own mental well-being. And I think that UMass, as Max was saying, has a great emphasis on that in terms of the meditation and sort of reflecting on what is what brings you joy, what makes you happy, and what allows you to continue to do the work that you're doing. And I think it's a problem that's going to continue to be at the forefront of our minds. I think especially when I speak to my classmates, when I speak to other people from other medical schools, I see this being one of the biggest reasons why people choose the specialties they do. And I think we're seeing a demographic shift reflective of that in the specialties that are chosen at UMass and across the nation.
4: UMass does really incorporate a lot of these principles into our curriculum. Catherine and I actually took a course together called Leadership and Professionalism, where it was more tailored towards bettering ourselves and improving our own well-being whether that's through music or art appreciation or how to lead a healthy lifestyle through diet, exercise. We even had meditation and yoga built into the class itself uh, or how to maximize your resident salary when you get there. Um, These are things that are very beneficial to our day-to-day being so that we can make sure that we're healthy so that we can apply ourselves to our patients and make sure we can maximize their health as well.
1: So when we started this conversation, it was in the context of match day. It's just coming up uh, in a few short days. And once you open those envelopes, it will just be 79 more days until you graduate. I did the math. (laughs) So can you share with us, just as a final thought, uh, what will be going through your mind uh, for the three of you as you tear open your envelopes? (laughs) Max already had that privilege. And and finally, your um, words of advice or wisdom to, future of medical students who will come behind you? What should, what do you wish you had known? Catherine? we'll start with you.
5: All right. Um, opening the envelope, so as Tony was mentioning, we've been working on meditation, so I actually, <laughs> I do a lot of visualization. So the goal is, I do this before rowing races too, uh, the goal is to live it once before I do it. So I've kind of lived through a couple of the options already. and. Hopefully it won't be a total shock because I've thought about each thoroughly and I'm lucky to have great options. Um, But I'm hoping that I don't cry too much, I'm sure I will, and I I know I'll be happy and my next thought will be where did Sana end up, to be honest.
2: For me, opening the envelope, I am feeling pretty zen about it at the moment. Um, We'll see how I feel in a week from now, Um, but honestly at this point I'm just very grateful for all the opportunities that I've had, um, for all the places that I'm even considering going to, and I think that I'll be lucky to end up at any one of them.
1: Words of wisdom?
2: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, and for my for my other words of wisdom, I think the biggest thing that was helpful to me was to keep an open mind. Um, I went in with all these preconceived notions of what medical school was going to be, of what specialty I was going to pursue, of what my life would look like, and none of those ended up being true. And I think that I'm, in a better place than I might have imagined for myself in spite of that. Um, So to really be open to opportunities that come in front of you and to keep saying yes.
1: Tony, what's gonna be going through your mind and then share your words of advice.
4: Just as Sana said, I'd be happy to match anywhere on my list Um, and I'm privileged like uh, Catherine said that my list is what is reflective of what I wanna do and what I want to achieve personally and professionally. After I find out, that's when I can really move on and make the next steps towards pro- progressing in my life. Um, so in that sense, it was really nerve-wracking for the past week or so. And I'm sure this next week, it's going to be quite nerve-wracking as well, but it's out of my control. So what I can just do is just get a good haircut, dress nice and like, hope for a good breakfast, I guess. Right? Words to live by. Right. <laughs> and
1: so, Max, you already, ha- you already opened the envelope. Any advice?
3: Um, I think for people applying and people in the process, if you just put your best foot forward and keep an open mind like Sana said and keep a positive attitude about things, everything will work out. If I've learned anything through my journey to this point, wherever you match or whatever medical school you get into, you can make the most of it and it will all work out if you're putting your best foot forward.
1: Sounds like the perfect place to... End our conversation. So, Anthony Tran, Catherine Mallet, Max Cruz, Sana Majid. We wish you all the very best on Match Day, on Commencement, and beyond. Thank you so much for Thanks, thank you making time. Thank you, so those of you listening can experience Match Day at UMass Medical School right along with all these students and their classmates. Experience it for yourself by joining us live via Facebook at UMass Medical. It all begins at 1130 in the morning, Friday, March 15th. You can see it all and share your congratulations with this year's graduating class. Thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Berryman, Vice Chancellor for Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School.
0: Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the Office of Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Visit our website at umassmed.edu/news where you can find all of our podcasts and follow us on Facebook at UMass Med, on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School, and on Twitter at UMass Medical.